Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker. Today I have with me Kat Howell, who is the founder and CEO of 8Loop Social, an Auckland-based marketing agency. She also runs Facebook Ad Hacks, a group targeting Facebook ad buyers around the world. In today's episode, we're gonna talk about entrepreneurship, sales, and persuasion. Before we begin talking, I wanted to tell you that if you're struggling to get online visibility or sales, you can reach out to me. My team and I can help you with PR, SEO, CR, social media marketing, and more. We've got a lot to offer. Please check out our services at shanebarker.com. Did you actually grow up in New Zealand? No, I'm Canadian. You're Canadian? Yeah, yeah. I've been here for 14 years, though. I got imported by my ex-husband. He imported you, huh? Was that willingly or was that kind of like your... <laughs> Mail order Canadian bride? No, I was yeah. willingly, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good to know. And what was he doing? I mean, why did you guys move out there? Was there a business or something? Oh, he's from here. Yeah. Ah, uh, so he's we were, from like, deciding so... New Zealand, Canada, oh. and they don't know here in the winter. So I was like, I'm down. But they don't have central heating. So the winters here feel almost colder than Canadian winters sometimes. Oh, uh, because you can't get warm. Kiwis are just crazy. They just, they wear, jam- do you know what jandals are? Flip-flops. No. They wear like, oh, like flip-flops and flip-flops and it's like three degrees Celsius outside and they just, well, you're in California though. I know, I know. I'm not probably, I know. I made it seem like I was like part of that group or something. You're like, <laughs> no, it's, but I, I will tell you right now in California, it's like, this morning when I went on my walk, it was 46 degrees, which is cold for California. And I had flip-flops on and people thought I was like, I would, you know, was like, I should have been on my medication. This is probably your jam over here. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to, I'm New Zealand was like, I think you guys like number nine yeah. at this point, you're number two. Actually, if I win the lottery, I mean, I'll literally just become a Kiwi. <laughs> That's my plan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, number one, like, why would I not? Right. I mean, I just come out there and bring you your money and like some unmarked bills or something in a briefcase and be like, look what I have for cat. <laughs> you win again or we win again. Yeah. Just don't bring bananas or apples across the border that stuff the dog the customs here they don't really know how to sniff for cocaine or drugs but if you try to smuggle a fruit fly in like you're fucked yeah really so they and but so you've been able the cocaine's been fine but you got caught with the fruit fly is that what you're saying i mean i'm just i mean you don't have to tell me because it's not like this is being recorded and the whole world's gonna hear so there's certain things you were able to get through and certain things where you got busted so that's cool yeah that was gonna be my next question. Now, what can I sneak into the country? So, not fruit flies. Definitely not bananas and fruit flies. Don't try that. Yeah. My brother, and this is a true story. My brother actually, God, I don't know what country he was coming from, but he actually got busted bringing a mango into the U.S. And it was kind of like an accidental thing. But now, I'm not kidding. Like he's on like he's not on the do not fly list by any means. But it, they do. They like oh, they give him a little extra. Like I don't know if he gets the glove test. I don't know if he's graduated. But they definitely give him the like oh mango boy yeah like oh hey sir let's go ahead and see if we're gonna strip down over here we're gonna play a little game called where's the mango you know and it's i don't know and once again i don't know if he travels because he likes that game or what but yeah he's definitely on some type of a list and i actually just recently and this is all choking aside too actually i ended up on a, some kind of a list or something because i like in india i didn't get like you know crazy tests but they are like a, any kind of a private dance or anything but i've definitely every country that i've been to has been like oh kind of going down different ways than everybody else and I'm like I didn't bring a mango in and maybe it's because my brother bought a mango in or I don't know what it was I don't know how I get flagged like I don't think that I look 
the mangoes smuggling family. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe that's, I mean, yeah, we've all smuggled a few mangoes in private places into <laughs> airports. I mean, that's like what we do sometimes. Yeah. Because you can buy it for your family. But interesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's good about fruit flies. I'll definitely add that to my list of things not to bring when I come visit you, obviously with the cash. You definitely have like the mango mule look about you. I gotta yeah. say. It's the beard. We're like, it's either <laughs> cocaine or mangoes. Cause that's like their big thing. Like, I'm not really sure if he's got like, you know, an ounce of cocaine or if he has been like eating mangoes and, in private areas. So, uh, you know, once again, we all have our vices, I guess. And so you grew up in Canada and then so obviously your family's from Canada. How big of a family you have in Canada? Oh, just me and my sister and my parents. Yeah. Gotcha. So not that big of a family. No, no. And where does your sister live? She's in Vancouver at the moment. She's a bit of a nomad though. Oh, she is like going around. Yeah. I was just in Vancouver there at the, um, what was the name of the conference? Anyways, it was a conference out there that they had out there about three weeks ago. Mm. I went out there and had some fun with, uh, oh, Uber flips. That's what it was. The guys over at Uber. Yeah, it was kind of, it was right there. And I was, it was awesome. Like the conference was right across the street from my hotel and just the food around there was just phenomenal. So yeah, I'm a, a big fan for sure. Yeah. Oh, you said Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver. Not Toronto. I was thinking Toronto. No, not Toronto. I've only been to Vancouver once. Vancouver's amazing because it's got the ocean and the mountains. But California has a lot of that too, right? Cities with oceans and mountains. Yeah. No, it definitely does. And that's, I'm in Sacramento. So like the hub of where I live is like San Francisco is an hour and a half away. And then the beach is an hour and a half away. And it's not like this. I mean, it's still California prices, but it's not like San Francisco where you're like, you know, you have like a thousand square feet and it's, you know, like $5,000 a month or something crazy. So it's still economical. In fact, I, long story short, I flip properties here too as well. So that's why we do in this area because everybody on the outskirts has oh. all kinds of money and they come to Sacramento and buy something that it's like a mansion compared to what they live to in the city. So, yeah. So give us some, I mean, other than the fact that your ex-husband kidnapped you and brought you to New Zealand, what other fun facts do you have? Is there anything else like growing up or anything else that was interesting in regards to like uh, how you're upbringing, anything fun that nobody would know about? Oh, I'm a pretty open book. So I don't know about like no one would ever know about. I think the thing that sh- probably shocks a lot of people is they don't realize like I used to strip illegally when I was 16 to like 19. <laughs> And again, I'm pretty open about that. So I don't like, I I don't mind sharing that story either. And then I think I'm pretty boring other than that, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) I love it how you're like, I used to be a stripper, but other than that, I'm just kind of a regular girl. I'm boring. I'm like, I don't know if that's really, that's what we think here. I don't think we're interviewing you today because you're like, I just don't have much to say and I'm kind of boring. I think it's maybe, maybe potentially the opposite of that. Interesting. So you strip, so, and not that we need to go into stripping in Canada and rights and laws and stuff, but what, so you have to be obviously 18 in Canada. Yeah. You snuck in with a little fake ID and said, listen, nobody's going to stop cat. <laughs> Right. Nobody's going to, not if, if I want to dance, if the cat wants to dance, the cat gets to dance. Right. Like, so now I'll ask you my next question then is, is cat your real name or is that your stage name? If you, I mean, is this your real, I want to make sure it's your real name now that we've jumped on the. This is my real name. My stage name used to be jazz. Jazz, man, I could have jazz. Interesting. Okay. These are, these are all fun facts. I, yeah. And everybody has a different thing. So I love it because, you know, some people when you interview on podcasts are very conservative. So they're like, well, this one time I, you know, stole the banana from my neighbor's yard. And you're like, oh my God, it's crazy. And you're like, Mango. so here's, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, but you're just like, well, I stripped for a little bit, kind of did my thing. Not a big deal. 
And then, so obviously, so you're in New Zealand. And did you go to college in Canada as well? No, in New Zealand. Ah, so you went to New Zealand. So when did you, so you guys moved to New Zealand pretty, like you were in, in your college days? I was 19 when I met my ex oh. Yeah. 19, like, gotcha. And you met him. Rescued me, I guess, and then made me nice. a good girl or whatever, and then. Gosh, he just <laughs> pulled you. There we go. I like that. He just yeah. rescued you. I like yeah. that. Well, like, kind of like Batman. Right. But a little different. Yeah. 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 Batman has and a thing for cats, you. so they... Yeah, hello. I mean, that's why it's all making sense. <laughs> this is all coming together very nicely. I was a little wondering how this was going to come together, but it's, it is. it is. So then you you actually, and so then you graduated from where in New Zealand? What, what college? Uh, Massey University. Yeah, I did oh, business gotcha. and marketing. And I don't know that I like really, I mean, I'm sure I subconsciously absorbed things. I made great friendships. I think university is like really good for that, especially when you're like an yeah. expat trying to find your way in a new yeah. country. But I think stripping taught me a lot more about entrepreneurship and sales and human psychology than uni ever did. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like I have, and I'm not going to go into heavy detail, but not that I was a, a stripper by any means because they probably wouldn't let me. But <laughs> there were certain things that I've seen in people that I that I know that have sales or have done stuff that with like psychology of working with people and whether that be you're knocking on doors selling something or whether it's, you know, whatever that is, but the psychology of that and how understanding how people work and how people, you know, get somebody to say yes and those certain things, I think is really interesting because you really can't, I can give you an example. I've talked about this in the past is like, like Mormons, right? So the religion of being Mormon and you go on a two year thing of like selling a religion. Mm. Like, can you imagine like you knock on doors and people are like, screw you. And you're like, cool. Thank you so much. God bless you. You know, then you go to the next one. Like how many no's can you take? But those, a lot of those guys and girls, when it comes to that religion, it's because they're like great salespeople because they're used to like, they have, they're selling the hardest thing in the world, like religion, right? Like to people that probably don't want anything to do with it for the most part. Yeah. And then if you're able to really sell that, I mean, that's like, you know, so they come out of there they're like, I, you can tell me no a thousand times. I'm just looking for the one yes. And so they're, they like grind it out. You know, it's kind of a different deal. Like alarm companies here in the U.S., alarm companies. And there's a lot of, um, what else? There's a few other ones that I have friends of friends that, you know, once again, they're, they're really good at those type of door-to-door sales because of their background in, you know, selling religion. Yeah, that's so true. For me, like the thing that I learned the most was how, because you would think like, oh, well, you just got to like motorboat someone and they'll give you money. <laughs> but, you know, you could have days where you would bank like $2,000 in a day, which was a lot of money for yeah. a 17 year old. And then you could have days where you would come home with virtually like 10 bucks in your pocket and your look didn't change, your boobs didn't change. It wasn't any of that. It was your energy and um, Mm. the way you showed up. And that made me, since I've worked in the agency side and trained business developers and all that, I've since come to realize like the energy you bring on a call or a sales meeting with people is everything. Your confidence and uh, that is like the most contagious thing. And if you don't have that, if you don't have that that confidence behind you, if you don't have that frame, people are just not interested, no matter what you do. Yeah. So $2,010, I mean, that's obviously a huge variance. Do you think it was the power of the motorboat? Do you think that maybe it was like, sometimes you were like, sometimes you're like, I'm kind of into it. It's a Tuesday. And then other times you're like, it's a Saturday. And like the motorboat was over the top or, 
or we're not really sure about the motorboats? Well, we're still not sure about the motorboats, mm. how effective okay. those were, but uh, it was definitely yeah. like an energetic thing, right? Because you have off days and you have on days. So if you've got an yeah. off day, like you're basically not having a great day yeah. financially. Because people feel the vibe, right? Because exactly. it's like, you kind of, if you're into it and having fun, then people are like, oh, okay. Then it's like, naturally you're kind of getting into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that makes total sense. I like the motorboat thing too, because that kind of, once again, brings it all back to where we need to be in regards to things that we've done in our past. I feel like there's like a business idea here, right? Sales, I know. Sales I know. training 101, lesson one, motorboating. <laughs> Why would you not have a course on motorboating? I mean, I feel like there's a niche there. I feel like there's some people that are like, I just, just use one lip and I'm not really sure how to do both lips. And it's like, here, take the course. Like we could totally, it's not a big deal. You can just go take it and then you can go make more money down the road, which is not a bad thing. Positioning, yeah. That's all about positioning for sure. So that's a great segue. So tell us a little bit about Eight Loop Social. So how did you start that? And what was your, I mean, it's interesting. You already have an interesting story, obviously, with your background and everything. Like, how did you jump into that in regards to the agency side of thing? Like, give us a little background. Yeah. So for me, I kind of like naturally fell into it because I never thought I would ever be in advertising. I mean, I did study marketing, so I, I knew I was interested in human psychology and sales and that aspect of things. But when I got out of uni, I started work as a marketing manager for a business association. And I was constantly surrounded by entrepreneurs, property investors, developers, and working really closely with these guys. And you know the saying, you are the sum of the five people you hang around with the most. I can't even stress that enough. It just completely created a catalyst in my mind where I was like, hold on, like these people are able to create this lifestyle for themselves and why can't I do this, right? So I started a company called Yeti. It had every vowel in the dictionary. No one knew how to spell it. My ex-husband still drives around with the license plate. <laughs> and um, it freaking bombed. Like it fell flat on its face. And I had invested like $50,000, $70,000 into that took a year to build it. And then there was like, we made maybe like $50 worth of sales. They were like for my mom and my, and my dad. Family. Two of them was me testing the purchase page. <laughs> so it was just really bad. But it was at a time when no one took Facebook advertising seriously. This was when Facebook ads was like something that interns did in, in huge corporations as well. And everyone just wanted boosted posts or Facebook likes mm. or those kinds of yeah. things. And um, I had started to learn how to build communities and audiences because of Yeti. And people had started to pay it like notice. And even though my company bombed, they saw that I was able to build communities and build followers and likes, which was the be all and end all back then. So I got asked to do like some contracting jobs and that kind of snowballed into more and more work and eventually realizing, okay, well, I need to bring some people on board if I'm going to, I was giving birth to my kids around that time. And I was just like really burning out. I had no time. So that was kind of the shift from like being a solo freelancer to going, okay, I need a team. So it wasn't even like a conscious, like I want to build an agency. It was like, okay, I need a team. And the next thing I knew, I was like, oh, I have an agency now. Cool. Nice. Yeah. 
So is it true that you let your ex-husband keep that driver, that plates on his car because it was a bomb company and you kind of feel like the relationship <laughs> went south? So you're like, why don't you go ahead and take the license plate of the company that also bombed and you go ahead and drive that around and so you can be a loser in the vehicle and the company and then I'll just take all the knowledge that I didn't start another company. Is that kind of the goal or that just kind of naturally happened? Yeah, it's like an olive branch, right? Yeah. yeah. Get the domain. You keep it. I'm sure it'll be worth you millions of dollars down the You track. hold on to that thing. That thing is going to be like a fine wine. Just let it, <laughs> let it mature. Let it mature, my friend. Yeah. So I'm probably going to get threatened. If your if your husband listens to this, he's going to be like, oh, you think you're funny, Redbeard, don't you? Huh? I'm a loser because I'm in cat's old vehicle. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to set you up some mangoes in your bag next time you come to <laughs> New Zealand, get busted. You better so. get your bags wrapped, saran I, I Yeah. I definitely will. I'll, I'll put the fruit flies somewhere. And so your, at least your agency, the goal of your agency is to work with other agencies, right? Isn't that what you guys like? Tell us a brand. It's with Facebook, obviously Facebook ads being kind of the premise of that on how to drive revenue. Yeah. So we actually primarily work with brands and a lot of them are sort of in the e-commerce space or the event mm. space. And I fell into helping agency owners because I was uh, part of a, a Facebook group with John Loomer when I was first getting started out. And a lot of the peers that I was in that group with noticed that I was starting to grow and scale really quickly. And they started reaching out, asking me like, how are you doing this? And I started helping people out, but it became very repetitive. And then someone, I don't even remember how this came about, but someone mentioned to me the whole world of online courses, which I had no idea about before that. And I was like, no way. People don't pay to learn online. Like, that's not a thing. And then yeah. I started to explore this and realizing like, holy shit, this industry is almost bigger than porn. Like, and it's growing. But to be fair, I think they say that because most people watch porn for free. So I still think porn is probably the biggest industry out there. Yeah. I don't know what porn is. I'm going to look that up when we're done with this podcast. So I was like, it sounds familiar, but I'm like, I don't know why that sounds so familiar. It's so weird. I'll do a little research, but just for the podcast, of course. Yeah. So that's interesting. So they say it's like, actually, huh. I, and courses, and so I, it's so funny. So I actually do, I am working on a course, a whole other conversation that will be, we're going to be going live here probably another month on like how to be an influencer.com is the, is the course. Oh, I love it. And the premise, yeah, well, yeah the premise is, is, I mean, cause I taught you at UCLA about, you got that domain. Holy shit. I do sister. Mm -hmm. But I got like five years ago, like I bought it when I was like, okay, I bought all kinds of influencer domains. Cause I was jumping into the space and I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting in the future. Cause I teach a class at UCLA, a personal branding, how to be an influencer course. So that's kind of where this, this all kind of came about. But the reason why I was telling you about that is the, the course thing kind of blew me away too, because I was like, because my brother was in, he worked over at Creative Live and this was in San Francisco. And he was like, God, the course thing is like blowing up. Like there's all these people that are doing these courses and people are buying them. And I'm like, I was the same thing. I'm like, what? Like, why would you go pay hundred bucks for a course? Like, I just, I don't, I can't see people doing it. Yeah. And then I'm like, God, all you need is if you got 5,000 people buying a hundred dollar course and you know, I mean, it's like, it's insane. The numbers are just absolutely silly and you don't have to have a, a niche that the whole world needs to know about. I mean, it's almost better just to have something very specific. Like maybe it's, you know, how to find trolls in New Zealand or something in a course on how to find them and you can go find them and you collect them. And as long as there's enough trolls for everybody, I'm assuming you don't want to take all the trolls and like, motorboating. Yeah. Motor both the trolls. Or something. It's a whole nother. That's probably smuggling. it's probably course two and three. I mean, I could definitely see this thing obviously being built out in front of us. Thanks, Kat. It's been an absolutely fun conversation. Let's wrap up the segment here. In the next episode, I'm going to talk with Kat about online courses. Stay tuned to Shane Barker's Marketing Growth Podcast.